0: Breaking news now on the Mid-South's news leader, the mighty 990 KWAM.
1: And we do have this breaking news. I uh, just got word of a shooting in Collierville. Uh, apparently, it's at, uh, sh- at uh, Campbell Clinic, uh, which is uh, on Shea Road. In fact, I went to my uh, hip replacement rehab there. It's, uh, it's a physical fitness uh, clinic. Uh, that's all that goes on there is people go in there and uh, recover from sports injuries and operations and uh, we have one person uh, that they're describing is injured um, and one person in custody after what uh, a couple of the tv outlets are calling uh, a shooting in this facility in collierville this afternoon i've uh, got a call in to uh, chief dale lane with the collierville police department i have not heard back from him yet But this is uh, still a very fluid situation, and having been the PIO with the sheriff's office, I know that when these things happen, they don't like to come out with anything because so much can change from the minute you get there to the minute you find out what really is going on. So we will keep you updated as uh, the afternoon moves on. But once again, one person shot, uh, apparently still alive, um, and one person in custody at Campbell Clinic in Collierville on Shea Road that happened this afternoon. Uh, Carville police are on the scene and apparently the situation is neutralized. The uh, uh, alleged shooter is in custody or at least being detained at this time. And uh, we will uh, update you as we get more information on that. Uh, but uh, it's a very quiet area. It's right over there near uh, Germantown Baptist Hospital and uh, in between the uh, uh, Houston Levy Road, and uh, as you get further in uh, t- toward the town square of Germantown, it's on the north side of the road, and uh, so it's uh, the, the, not a lot happens in Germantown, and uh, we don't know whether at this point whether it was a robbery attempt, or whether this is a domestic situation, or exactly what went on. But once again, uh, one person shot, uh, one person in custody at the Campbell Clinic Rehab Center. There in Collierville and uh, we will uh, keep you updated as we know more. Uh, if you know anything, uh, if you've in that area and you can uh, tell us what you're seeing, I know that the Collierville police are on the scene. Uh, give us a call at two six Oh five nine two six. We'd love to hear what you're seeing. Um, and, uh, what if anything, uh, you can uh, report on, uh, there's a uh, probably 25 people that work in the clinic and, uh, mostly young folks because uh, they have to work very hard with all the rehab patients that come through there. And uh, so um, if you're out there, you know anybody that works there, if you know anybody that uh, that uh, has been by there uh, and can uh, shed any light on what exactly is going there, uh, please give us a call so we can let everybody else know. In the meantime, we gonna avoid the area. Uh, Poplar Avenue between downtown Collierville, Town Square, and Houston Levy just because uh, the Collierville police are on the scene. And uh, then let me see. Uh, uh, I'm just getting a message uh, from somebody. Uh, it says, uh, apparently, a doctor has been shot at the clinic. I'm getting that word. That's not official. That's just uh, What we're hearing now is that a doctor at Campbell Clinic has been shot. And one person is in custody. So uh, um, I will give you more as I get it. Uh, once again, uh, two of the stations, Channel 5 and Channel 3, are both reporting that they're headed toward the scene. Nobody, uh, has, we've got some photographs uh, that uh, show police cars at the scene uh, out in front of the Campbell Clinic Rehab Center on Shea Road in Collierville. Uh, but uh, other than what we just reported and that's unofficial that a doctor may have been the victim in this shooting but apparently the doctor uh, or whoever was shot they said was injured according to the first reports I got and so that means that they're still alive and that is great news uh, so uh, we will uh, continue to monitor this and our prayers go out to this doctor and his family that he is okay and that, that Carmel police Obviously, reacted very quickly. Got to the scene and and uh, had one person in custody. Uh, Collierville police are outstanding. So is our chief. Uh, I live in Collierville, Dale Lane, who was formerly with the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, uh, with the Shelby County Emergency uh, Management Agency, and uh, ran for sheriff uh, several years ago. Good man and uh, does a great job of uh, keeping the community of Collierville safe. So uh, they responded, as you'll recall, to the Kroger shooting a couple of years ago. They uh, did an outstanding job. Everybody in Collierville, the fire department, the, the the EMTs, the the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, and the Collierville Police Department along with every other police agency in this area that responded to that tragedy did an incredible job. And, and uh, we have not forgotten that once again, they responded right on top of things here in, uh, in, in Collierville this afternoon. Uh, we're going to tell you what, we're going to go to break early and gonna make a couple of calls while we're in the break and see if I can get any more information on the shooting in Collierville. It took place this afternoon at Campbell's Clinic, uh, the rehab center there on Poplar Avenue in Collierville. Uh, apparently one person has been shot, injured. I've got one report, I confirm it, that it was a doctor, uh, also one person in custody. And uh, if you know anything, please give us a call at 260-5926 and help shed some light on this. And uh, we'll be back right after these breaks. And welcome back. Uh, We are covering some breaking news right now. We've got Todd Starnes uh, on the phone. Uh, Todd, what are you hearing?
2: Earl, I just uh, heard from David Townsend, who's the public information officer for the Collierville Police Department, and uh, he reiterated some information that you shared just a few moments ago. Uh, this is not an active shooter situation, and uh, as far as they know, there is one shooter. Now, he says they are not at this point willing to release information on injuries, um, but they will as uh, soon as you know, you know, they get that information to us on their social media platform. But we're going to be following this, and uh, we'll let folks know um, as soon as we do the, the latest information, but again, if you're in that area, give give us a call. You know, we'd love to hear from you and to, to see what you are seeing out there in Collierville.
1: Uh, I'm getting word that it was a doctor who was shot, Todd, in an examination room, uh, and then the suspect uh, fled the examination room and ran, and uh, but was evidently uh, apprehended a short time later by. Um, I'm not sure whether it was Collierville Police that apprehended the, the, the suspect or whether it was security on the grounds. I know that there, are, there is security there. I've seen them there when I went through rehab at Campbell's Clinic in uh, Collierville. So I know they have uh, security there on site. Uh, uh, but uh, we understand it was a, a doctor in an examination room with a patient that was shot and uh, no word on condition, as you just said. And no word on any information on the suspect, whether it was a male, a female, or whether it was a patient, or, or exactly what the situation was, other than the fact that we're hearing that it was it took place in an examination
2: room. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. And and Earl, you you've covered so many of these kinds of stories, and you know you have to appreciate the police department for. Being a a little reluctant to give out the information right away, they want to make sure they get the right information out there. It's hard to go back and correct something like that. So, um, you know, the Collierville PD right there, and uh, they've got the entire scene under control. I have to imagine there are a lot of worried people out there, but the good news here is uh, this was not an active shooter event, uh, and uh, this is under control. uh, Collierville PD uh, on the scene taking care of business.
1: Absolutely, and I was just uh, talking about how efficient and professional the Collierville Police Department is, and Dale Lane, of course, is the chief, and then David Townsend, their PIO, and certainly well-experienced and, and knows, what, knows what he's doing and everybody else there, too. is very professional, uh, and it does change. I mean, what you think going in uh, sometimes is quite different after the, they begin the investigation. Uh, right now, the, the, the main focus is going to be on whoever was shot, uh, and we can't confirm whether it was a doctor or not. That's just word we're getting, um, and that uh, they're uh, getting taken care of and getting all the medical attention they can get right now. And uh, as far as who the suspect is, we won't know that for quite some time, in all probability, uh, just and- because uh, that, that's all part of the investigation.
2: And, Earl, kudos to our Stop Memphis Crime page. Uh, They were the first to alert us um, right in the early stages. Uh, So, once again, our great KWAM citizen journalists are are getting out there and getting the information, and we greatly appreciate that. And I'm going to sign off here because I know you've got a full show to do, so I don't want to hog up the time. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, thanks for checking in, Todd. You hear anything, get back to us, okay?
2: Will do. Thanks,
1: Earl. All right. Todd Starnes uh, had just left the station and I called him and uh, he said, yeah, he had just gotten information from our tip line uh, that uh, this was going on. And so um, we're always on it, especially during breaking news. Uh, uh, we know a lot of people and we have a lot of loyal listeners who do um, uh, share information with us when they get it. Uh, and it's for your safety. Uh, it just was, was breaking news and and uh, everybody wants to know as much as they can because, hey, it's just a big little town. And we all know each other and know somebody who does know somebody. So when things like this happen, everybody wants to get as much information as quickly as possible. But also uh, want to make sure it is accurate and that uh, there's uh, we don't put stuff out that, that we don't know to be true or that we can't really confirm. Uh, and so... Until we do hear back from the Carville Police or other sources uh, and can say exactly what the situation is, uh, all we know is that one person has been shot, and who they are we don't know. Uh, one person is in custody, and the, the situation is under control. Uh, Carville Police is on top of it. They have uh, that whole area secured, and there is no active shooter. This is this, Whatever went down has gone down. And everything in Collierville is uh, safe. But I would avoid the area there on Poplar Avenue near Baptist Hospital in Collierville. It's a clinic. It's just down the street from it. And you'd drive by there a million times. You'd never know it was there. The only thing on the building is the address. And I know that when I went there for my rehab on my hip, after I had my hip replaced, uh, I had to drive around the block twice to find it because all it's up is uh, the address over the doorway going in. There's no sign. So uh, uh, this, uh, I would be surprised if this was some random situation. It's probably going to turn out to be some type of domestic uh, situation. That somebody knew somebody, and were able to get in uh, for whatever reason into the examination room with this doctor. If it turns out to be a doctor, would, that's what we're hearing at this point. Uh, if you do know anything, give us a call two six zero five nine two six, and we will share it. Otherwise. Uh, and the situation in Collierville right now is uh, is un- under control, and uh, there is no threat to anybody else in that area on Poplar Avenue near Shea Road. Uh, as far as uh, other things going on right now, it's uh, it's just uh, uh, another summer day in the city. Uh, there is uh, the a lot of uh, stuff coming out of Washington as far as investigations go. They're supposed to have director. Uh, Gray with the FBI and testify tomorrow before the House on uh, the FBI and what has been done to de-weaponize it. Uh, a lot of supposedly has changed there in the last couple of years since he's taken over as director. But then we hear other things about the Biden investigation and the uh, the charges that what charges there were uh, have been brought against uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, nah. but, uh, it's, uh, uh, just an ongoing process. Joe is in England. I don't know if you've seen any pictures of him and the king. King actually had to kind of lead Joe away from the review of the troops in front of Buckingham Palace. Uh, Joe was kind of looking up at this rather tall, <coughs> excuse me, gentleman in a bearskin hat and his full dress regulation uniform, the red jacket with the saber. And Joe was kind of standing there looking at him, and the king uh, reached over and t- kind of taking him by the arm and said, we need to be going this way. And Joe looked back at the uh, attending uh, uh, military person and uh, then kind of looked back at the king and uh, started shuffling off uh, in the direction the king was trying to get him to go. I understand when they met first yesterday that, uh, Joe seemed to lose his balance a little bit and kind of grabbed hold of the King and put his hand on the shoulder, which you're not supposed to touch the King. You don't touch the King. But I guess if, if you're tottering and uh, you're about to go down, you grab whatever's around and, uh, you know, I mean, they just got back from um, a long flight and, uh, Hey, we're not kidding ourselves. Joe's got some some real aging problems, and that uh, transatlantic flight, even on Air Force One, uh, takes its toll on people. And, uh, you know, you think about it. Even though he only works a half a day every day, and some days he doesn't work at all, the guy's 80 years old. And if you know any 80-year-old people, uh, you know that – Things start taking a toll. Not everybody's affected that way. I saw an interview with a woman uh, who was a friend of uh, Jackie Bouvier, who was uh, Jacqueline Kennedy, who married John F. Kennedy. In fact, she was uh, she and her husband were responsible for introducing JFK to Jacqueline. Uh, and uh, in fact, they had dinner at their house there in D.C. And she was on the CBS Sunday Morning News this past Sunday, and she's like a hundred and one, The lady acted like she was 65. I mean, as sharp as a tack. Uh, We we were recounting stories of Jackie and John F. Kennedy like it was yesterday. Never missed a beat, gave a tour of her house, showed her out there on the lawn walking around. So, you know, uh, not everybody uh, succumbs to age in the same way. Some people uh, stay active and and move around. I saw some pictures of a cowboy roping calves in a pen 94 years old it looked like he was 55 so I think the key to it is to stay active keep moving and uh, you know uh, and then hope for the best because even if you do everything right sometimes it's just genetics and there's really not much you can do about it but uh, uh, so we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on the shooting in Collierville is uh, if you have not heard, if you're just now tuning in, there was a shooting earlier this afternoon at Campbell's Clinic in Collierville. Uh, One person was shot, uh, one person in custody. The situation has been neutralized, and there's no threat to anybody else there in Collierville at uh, Campbell's Clinic. Uh, It's a rehab center. It's where I went through my rehab for where I had my hip replaced. Uh, A lot of great people there, very dedicated, and uh, helped me tremendously. In fact... I had gone through I had two weeks of rehab uh, when my my leg broke. Just uh, I was stepping out of the shower and it broke in two places from the stress of the rod they put down through the middle of your femur to uh, yeah. insert your new hip joint. And uh, apparently it was a little too large for the bone and it cracked in two places. So they had to take that one out, put another one in. I started all over again and. They were great. They said, you did great the first two weeks. You come back, you'll be much faster at uh, getting past the the first uh, beginning game because you know what to do now. I was a veteran. But uh, some super folks there, and we our prayers certainly go out to the person who was shot and everybody else there because that is certainly a traumatic experience. I don't care if you're in the medical field or not. Having something like that happen in your workplace is uh, extremely concerning. And... Uh, It is not something people uh, run into every day, Uh, and so our our thoughts and prayers go out to all of them, and uh, we will certainly keep you updated on anything going on there. I'm looking at uh, uh, traffic right now in the city, and uh, I don't see any accidents anywhere, so that is There's something right here uh, on Exeter. Exeter. There seems to be an accident there, an accident there in Exeter and Poplar, so be aware of that. I don't see any tie ups in Collierville due to the shooting. I know there is a police presence there, so avoid that area on Poplar Avenue near Baptist Hospital, Collierville, uh, because there is a police presence there as that investigation continues. And uh, we will continue to keep you updated as the afternoon moves on. Uh, Diane Kimbrough, Lady Di, you're Healthcare PI is up next. We'll be checking in with her right after the break.
0: Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell.
1: And welcome back. Uh, We are covering breaking news out of Collierville. Uh, Channel 3, News Channel 3, is reporting now that one person is dead in connection with that shooting. One person dead. uh, One person in custody. Uh, We had heard earlier that uh, this happened in um, Shea Clinic. It's a rehab center. Uh, That's where I went uh, through my hip replacement rehab. And supposedly it happened in an examination room. And uh, the shooter uh, evidently fired three times, is what we're hearing, and uh, then ran out of the building. Uh, Police say the scene is secure. There's no threat to the public, but they are asking people to obviously avoid that area uh, on Poplar Avenue near Baptist uh, Hospital there in Collierville. Um, And that uh, one person is in custody, uh, and uh, so... Uh, that, uh, Columbia police have not confirmed that death. That's just uh, channel three is reporting that they have, do have some people on the scene, uh, just awful. Uh, but, uh, that all took place this afternoon in Calvary, Campbell's clinic. And, uh, it's uh, their rehab center. And, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the families of uh, the person, the victim, and then certainly all the people who work there. There's some great people there. And, and um, Anyway, we'll get you more uh, as we get the information in. So, uh, awful news. In studio with us now is Diane Kimbrough. Or, and uh, you were with Smith & Nephew for many years, uh, so you're part of the medical community. And uh, it is it, it, to have it happen in a, in a rehab center in a quiet place like Collierville is just a uh, I don't think anybody's prepared for something like that. Well,
3: I think just to have it where you're going for and every for something that you're getting or having recovery from, and you're getting treatment, I, we don't even think that way. No. So I'd, I'm just I can't imagine. We don't
1: know what the motive is no. uh, or was, no. uh, and you know, so many times uh, in covering this over the years, and I've been doing television news and radio for 50 years. And so many times it does involve uh, uh, a domestic situation, you know, in somebody's a crime of passion, and uh, we just don't know what the reason behind this is. Uh, certainly, not a bad diagnosis, you know. It's not something uh, people, you know, they don't like it. But you don't I get just it.
3: think it's the, the shock of the middle of the day. People, are, I was actually I was in Germantown having lunch with a uh, business associate, and I never get to Germantown. <laughs> And I was out near Collierville, not too far from the location where I was located, and I was getting in the car to come here, and I heard you and Todd talk about this, and I was stunned. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hear any ambulances. I didn't hear hear any police cars. I didn't hear, I mean, ambulances. I didn't hear any police cars. I didn't hear anything. So I'm, I'm just stunned, though, that this is happening, and it's every day.
1: Well, it's uh, but usually it is uh, it late at night and neighborhoods that uh, you know we don't frequent. So when it happens in our world, all of a sudden everybody goes, "Wow, that that doesn't happen."
3: I don't know that that's really true anymore, though, Earl. I mean, we had it happen not too long ago at Huey's down on well, Poplar in East Memphis. I mean, and you know what I'm saying? It
1: happened there. It happened at Huey's in Midtown, where they came right. in with a gun, beat up an employee, and uh, right. pulled a gun on the entire... Uh, so
3: sadly, it's really, it's it's everywhere. We just really have to, to really um, become a more prayerful and intentional nation. Well... We really do.
1: It uh, is... And I, I remember going to my father, who was a veteran of World War II, and been everywhere, had seen everything, and, uh, was, and I was... It was during the middle of the Vietnam War. And I said, boy, these things have never been this bad before. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, they have. And I said, really, like when? He said, well, like World War II, like Korea, like um, World War One, like the Civil War. I mean, 50,000 people died at Gettysburg, one battle. And you forget about that because you move on and times have changed and you think, okay, we were. and for many years in the 50s, we all thought, you know, things were more civilized, there wasn't the war, World War Two, was over. They, war, the war in North Korea, had stabilized and, for all practical purposes, had stopped. So, for a number of years, it was everything was kind of cool. But then, uh, as people being people, uh, can't stand a good thing, I guess, and so they go back to uh, their ways, and their ways are, as you said, without faith and without prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think a huge part of it is all these kids growing up without parents.
3: Yeah. I just saw, I think you got an update. Um, it's talking about a witness uh, that was on the scene. Okay.
1: Uh, a witness who was in the building uh, told WREG a patient had been uh, threatening someone at the clinic for the past week prior to the shooting. Mm. She said that he got in Tuesday with a gun and shot and killed the person. Wow. So, which is sadly the case. You can make threats all you want against somebody. But until you actually take action, they really can't do anything, which is crazy to me. It's totally you seem crazy. seems like if, you, if somebody makes a threat against you, you can get, but even if you get a uh, restraining order, that means you can't get within 500 feet. So all of a sudden you show up within 500 feet, call the cops. But by the time the cops get there, you know, um, sad.
3: Is that, is that ringing?
1: Uh, we do have a call. Do you want to see somebody that has some information? By the way, if you do... Give us a call at 901-260-5926. We're, we've got uh, Diane Kimbrough in. Uh, she's coming in to talk about our usual subject, which is health care. But uh, certainly this is a, a concern of all of ours. And
3: um, Yeah, absolutely. If
1: we can uh, find out more about this and uh, share it with all of you all, and if anybody else has any information, they can shed some more light on this. Uh, we had heard that uh, earlier from another caller uh, that it was uh, a physician, a doctor, there at mm-hmm. the clinic, and that it took place in a uh, in a uh, a room, and that's what Channel Three is reporting. That a witness told them that it had been a patient that had been threatening someone, but if they'd been threatening this doctor, and he got in, he got into a examination room. I can't see believe the doctor would go in there unless he was trying to calm him down. No, no we, we,
3: but you know you have to. You know when people show you who they are, you have to believe them, uh, and you have to take every threat, no matter how trivial it may first appear to you, yep. you have to take it serious today. A-
1: Absolutely. And I think the police do, but there's only so much they can do legally.
3: Well, I mean even us. Yeah. If we're threatened, do you know? We, oh, I've, I've s- always
1: confronted threats. If I'm threatened, I go to the person who's threatened me, and I say, we need to settle this immediately. Yeah. And uh, I don't wait for them to come to me. No. And uh, and I have done that before. And usually it's, a con- it's uh, some kind of confusion over something. Uh, but if you sit and let it fester and let them think that whatever it is they're thinking or what somebody's mm-hmm. told them, uh, it doesn't get solved. So, But if they're hell-bent on destruction, there's mm-hmm. not a lot you can do. So you better be ready for any eventuality should you go to confront somebody like that. At any rate, uh, we will keep you posted if anything uh, new develops on this. Uh, in the meantime... Uh, uh, Thinking positively about uh, there's a lot of people out there that have been on ten care, which uh, yes. is a form of Medicaid, and they were allowed to stay on during the COVID and mm-hmm. pandemic.
3: They extended it. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but now they are losing that.
3: And the reason they're losing, we've talked about it before, yep. uh, but it's just now starting to become a reality in Tennessee because every state had a different time frame that they were moving towards and people are being told that they're now looking at their income because care is based on your income. So what you want to do is if you get a a letter or you get contacted and they tell you that you no longer qualify, all is not lost. Uh, What I'm trying to get the word out to others is that give me a call and let me see how I can help you because there's so many other options available for you, affordable options on top of that. So I just want people to not totally get discouraged. Um, there is a place to go. There is someone you can talk to, and that would be me. <laughs> and we'll, it, we'll it, work you into that.
1: because there. And there are so many different uh, programs that are available out there Absolutely. that have developed since the COVID thing. I mean, even in the last six months, there are things that didn't exist six months ago. Yeah. And so uh, I know it's extremely frightening to somebody. I was talking to somebody today that uh, they were helping somebody buy a car. They were a hundred dollars short of coming up with a down payment. Wow! And he said I gave him the money because you know there are people out there that are one hundred dollars short from from getting uh, transportation or or getting into get to get That's medical a good story. help. That's
3: a really good story
1: and I th- but I think people are out there that do want to help and, and there is help available
3: yes it's not a handout it's a hand up yeah. and the, the important thing is to find out what is the best avenue because you don't want to live in fear of something happening and then it destroys your financial world because nothing brings on stress like financial. Now,
1: in fact, what they say, poverty comes in the front door, love goes out the back door.
3: Yeah, I, I haven't heard that, That, uh, but that makes total sense.
1: oh you Because know, believe me, anytime we've had the strain in any relationship, it yes. is, always comes back to, you know, so, somebody's not bringing enough money in.
3: Right. Something's and, not being met or you, you've got a need that you need to meet. But, you know, I was today I was able to help somebody that he, he's uh, not real sick and he didn't want to spend a buku of money. And we put him on this really cool plan I've talked about before, that is a virtual primary care provider. I love that, and it's awesome. It's twenty four seven, no copays, and they even give you their. He told me that the doctor he got assigned to gave him their cell phone, and said, "Listen, call me, text me." I'm here to help you in I can. And I
1: think there are a lot of people that feel that way. Docs are under extraordinary pressure, too. So many yes. of them have gone to work for hospitals. They're no longer independent docs with their own offices and own little clinics. And it's because of all the pressures, they go along with running a business. They became doctors to help people. And then all of a sudden, they find out that you've got to buy equipment. you got to, you know. Well, the
3: insurance alone for a yeah. doctor, the liability and um, what they're, because what they, I know my uh, nephew is a general surgeon. I remember him talking about at one point it was almost unattainable to get insured.
1: Well, that's the reason I'm not a surgeon, man. <laughs> I looked at those insurance <laughs> rates and said. That
3: was the reason you said I'm going to rethink my career. Not going there. <laughs> of course, you don't need insurance <laughs> to be a reporter, do you?
1: Well, you do. A, there are people shooting at you. <laughs> it depends
3: time. on what kind of reporter you <laughs> are. That's right.
1: Uh, we're talking with Diane Kimbrough, Lady Dive. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and, um, and talk more about uh, some plans that are available that can help you. So stay with us. <laughs> And uh, welcome back on this uh, Tuesday afternoon, Diane Kembro, Lady Di, your healthcare <laughs> PI is in the studio. Uh, still, no more word on the shooting at uh, Campbell Clinic in Collierville, which is near Baptist Collierville. Happened uh, early this afternoon. Uh, one shot, and one detained after a shooting. And it is a uh, uh, everything is under control. We have seen where Channel Three is reported. That one is dead. Following that shooting, uh, we have no other information. That is not confirmed by the Carville uh, Police Department, so want we'll to make that clear. Uh, that's just one TV station reporting that. Uh, they are also reporting that a witness said that it, uh, that this uh, person had the, that worked at the facility had been threatened by yeah. somebody else over the last uh, week or so, mm-hmm. made several threats, and they somehow got into the clinic today and... Uh, so, and we'd had word that they had been in an examination room, and that's where the shooting took place. And the suspect ran out of the building and but was apprehended a short time later uh, and is in custody at this time. And uh, we'll keep you posted on uh, anything new that we can give you on that as it develops. Uh, but uh, back to health care, it happens quick. I mean, not necessarily shooting, but... I mean, people sit there they go, maybe nothing will happen. I can get through this period right now. When you were talking about how devastating it is once it happens, you're not going to not take your child to the hospital. Oh. And so you're going to take them, and they will treat them, and it will cost a fortune, and there is no escape from the, that cost.
3: Well, and I can give you a, a very clear example of something today, a scenario, because I think real-life situations make a lot more sense than the what-ifs. Let's talk about something that really happened today that we were able to resolve. So I had this gentleman who is single and uh, works for himself, and he said, "Look, I don't want to pay a lot, but I want to have coverage." And he had an accident. I had covered him on something to do with accident supplement, just in case, because sometimes it's cheaper to pay a two hundred and fifty dollars deductible and get up to five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars to go towards your accident sure. expenses, right? So I got him that. Got him this. Um, primary care provider, that is, uh, we call it the um, a concierge, you know, service where you can call a doctor and you can call them for urgent care as well. So he had an accident. He sprained his shoulder really, really bad. Um, they, he told them what happened. They ordered him an x-ray and he said, I want an MRI though because I don't think there anything's going to come up in the x-ray. Well, he got the x-rays, but he got them at a special price, a pre-negotiated rate, Because he went through this PCP, this concierge, and they have a national contract for diagnostic services.
1: Wow. So you know what you're paying going in.
3: Going in. And they schedule it for you. And they schedule it so they know they get what they want to look at.
1: See, I don't think most people realize you could even do that. Yeah. It's even an option.
3: Yeah. And the thing is, you cut out the middleman.
1: Yeah.
3: And so they go in. They do the x-ray. All they have to do is send it digitally to the doctor. Mm -hmm. They send it to the doctor. They said, look, there's nothing on your x-ray. Well, should we do an MRI? Yeah, let's do an MRI. So they did an MRI, and they got still less than what it would be out of pocket for you to negotiate it. So his MRI, I think, was around, I guess it's with contrast, I'm guessing. So it was a little bit more, probably around $800. But he wanted to get them in both arms because he thought maybe it affected both. So he's going to go ahead and get that. But we're going to, it's an accident that caused all this to happen. So, yeah, he's going to pay out of pocket for that. He got a discounted rate. But he still didn't have to use his medical insurance because all we're going to do is file an accident claim, and now we pay the deductible for the accident claim and all the expenses he has going out for the MRI, for the x-ray. Will be covered. And physical therapy if he needs it. He'll get reimbursed.
1: Wow. And uh, otherwise, he would be looking at, and I think what happens to most people is they charge them because they don't know how to negotiate, Mm -mm. and they go in they go, what do you got to do? and they say, well we thought we, we suggest this this and this and you go well i don't know okay mm-hmm. and but they never do ask how much it's going to cost mm-hmm. because really the physicians and the attendees don't know they're not in charge of billing they're in charge of helping you
3: unless they own the clinic yeah and
1: they usually aren't the ones working there if you own the clinic you ain't there working <laughs> and so uh, that's what's so uh, important about what diane does is she consults with each and every person Figures out the best plan for you, your financial situation, what you can, what you can handle, what you can't handle, and and you have uh, you have a, a, a person that's there for you. I mean, she doesn't work for the insurance companies. No, I think that's the thing most people don't understand is you're like an independent consultant that uh, works yes. for the people that you're consulting with. Yes, and your job is to help them as much as you can. And, and hold their hand through tight situations. You know,
3: I've done it both ways. I've been a captive agent, where, and it was a great company. Nothing wrong with it. It was great starting out, but now I'm a broker, so I got everything, baby.
1: Give them a phone number.
3: 901-606-9091.
1: Diane Kimbrough, give her a call. She can save you a lot of grief. We'll be back. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. Uh, joining me in the studio right now is uh, a longtime friend, Ron Jewell, uh, who I first met many years ago. He was doing a one-man show on Mark Twain, and uh, that was even before you went to work at the, the Bartlett
4: uh, Center for Performing Arts. Oh, yeah, guys. We go back long time ago. Earl, we were. And I came back to Memphis uh, after a stint in New York City, and I ended up at the Peabody Hotel. think that's, yeah. that's where. That's where we met. That's where we met it, yeah. that, that many years ago. Um, I was entertainment director there for a while. Yeah, short while, but um, I, I had a great time there at the Peabody, and it kind of um, it gave me a chance coming back from New York to spend a little time getting to know Memphis all over again. and the Peabody's such a draw. Yeah, for the community that, uh, indeed, it was a great introduction
1: back. Okay. i never forget uh, Gary Bells, who I met right after I moved here from Dallas, uh, and he called me one day and said, hey, my family's going to buy the Peabody Hotel and reopen I went, you're kidding. Because yeah. when I moved here, it was boarded up. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah.
1: And so he, he said, you want to go check it out? And I said, yeah. I said, I'd love to do a story on it. So we go in there, and I had a crew. When I was at Channel 3 at the time, and we walk in. And here's this cavernous lobby with mm. one light on in there can you imagine what <laughs> yeah just yeah. sucked oh, all the it light must have up been ghostly <laughs> it, it, it was there was nothing there all the carpet was gone there was no fountain there was no bar there was nothing just a huge room and he said yeah we're gonna we're gonna bring this back to life and then when you go there and look at it today mm. and you, it's just amazing the the, Bell, the bells family did uh they did it with a the, lot they organized a lot, got some federal money, got some state money, got some local money. Right. But it was the catalyst for so much of what you see today. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth.
4: That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, I came back when uh, it had opened probably several years, but— Downtown was not what no. it is today, no. and I think we can trace back easily to the Peabody opening. Because the very next thing to insurgents. happen
1: was they brought back the Orpheum, because they were going to want to tear it That's down. Right. That's right. And
4: Charlie Burgess was instrumental in that. There, there were so many people that uh, really rallied around the Orpheum, uh, and then Pat came along and had this extravagant. Uh, Dream of Broadway and <laughs> Memphis, and that was at a time when the Metropolitan Opera used to stop in Memphis. Yeah, and it had gone away as well. So Memphis was dying yeah. for this, and those of us who have lived here for so long, uh, you know, we've seen the progress made, and yeah. we see what happens today, and we know that the city's got a long way to go. Um to To be the jewel in the South, that it has the potential for being. Do you know, up
1: until the yellow fever epidemic, uh, Memphis was larger than Atlanta.
4: Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, you know, Memphis has just taken it on the chin for too many, too decades. many times. Yeah, yeah, yep. and we don't uh, treat ourselves right sometimes. But we've got so much going on for us here. We do. It's just a shame that these kind of things And unfortunately
1: pop up. we're losing one of the great things about Memphis is because you you've retired and you've already purchased a place in Florida, which I put up in the promo, you standing out for your new
4: digs. Oh really? How about you know? that? Yeah. yeah. But you know, this it's moving south was really a part of uh, trying to embrace retirement. I have enjoyed what I've done for so many years and to step back and think, okay, I'm not booking a band this week. You know, <laughs> I'm not finding some new talent. I'm not really, I it's hard for me to stop looking, but um, I was going to
1: say, it's, cause how do you just stop something you've done for your, just about your whole life?
4: It was killing me, Earl. <laughs> yeah. Well, No. Um, I say that in jest, but when you love something like I did, um, it's it's not work. I mean it is, but uh, I've been fortunate to build a livelihood from it and have family and great kids and and really, really, uh, coming back, I, I left Memphis when I was a high school senior. And, wow, uh, went to Nashville and from there to New York City. and so coming back here and being able to reestablish myself in my hometown. And then to um, be able to chart a course, um, I'm so thankful to all those people who supported me with just giving me the job, you know, letting me me have a shot at.
1: You often wonder if you look back and think, but I've changed anything. But if you had changed anything, you wouldn't be the person you are today. wouldn't be
4: where you are today. I'm, I will tell you, I cannot think of but one or two acts in my 35 years of booking that I would just say never again. <laughs> and, and that was not because the shows weren't good that I picked. It's because the personality was not uh, someone I wanted to work with again. I have been fortunate. I mean, I, uh, I I felt a little bit all along the way like Meredith Wilson and the music man trying to sell my wares and con people into <laughs> following me and listening to the music that I wanted to bring to town. Um, and as in the musical, man, things changed around, and it wasn't a con. It really mm, was. It really it's was. Having an opportunity to bring – uh, the arts as i see it and, and as i'm able uh, to the community uh, you know those of us in the arts and cultural business we we feel like that we have a mission to defy the evil that comes to town and we know that what we bring to town uh, can can ward off those evil spirits if we let it and well, so I know that's a little crazy sounding, no, but no that's so really where I come to what I have done my life uh, or dedicated my life for, and that was making a change and making people laugh and making people enjoy music and, you know, stand in the lobby after it's all over and watch them The happy faces and, as they leave. And yeah. the memories that yeah. you know you've created. Yeah. I, I, that's a real rush for me.
1: Well, there is the light and the dark, that's and right. you brought the light. And that's what show business is. And look at the, I mean, just year after year after year after year. And then look at all the people you got to meet, Ooh, yeah. and and bring yeah, and I... and through your vision,
4: bring it to us. And we sit there go, I didn't even know that guy existed. Oh, <laughs> no, well, that's right, that's right. And and you know, I didn't bring my whole roster for next season with me. But we've got, you know, I'm leaving the Halloran Center with a great lineup as far as musicians and what have you. Um, we, we were going to kick off in, the, in August with a group called Naturally 7, uh, a, a men's acapella, a, a, a black men's acapella group oh, wow. that I had about my third season at the Halloran Center and uh, had wanted to come back, and I finally got the right agent to work with me on it. Anyway, but besides that, there's just we've got Magic Series coming again, the Songwriter Series that I do or have been doing. And then I've had this great uh, collaboration with Robert Moody and Peter Abel with the Memphis Symphony Orchestra to do the concerts that they're doing for us at the Halloran. So I really feel like I'm, I'm leaving things in great shape. Uh, we, we do a ton of rental business at the Halloran Center, and uh, Sarah Adams, who does that with me, uh, has been spectacularly successful with that. But I can't say enough good things about the education program that uh, Jen McGrath and her staff have put together for the Halloran Center. Uh, The Halloran Center is running on all cylinders, and we're knocking it out of the park daily. Uh, We're touching the lives of kids in ways that uh, it's just super to see. Yeah. Well,
1: you, it's the, it could be the spark that uh, leads them into that world, because exactly, otherwise they never would have had the
4: exposure. That's right. My parents introduced me to the Front Street Theater in Memphis. First show I saw was Shakespeare, uh, t- Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. as about a 12-year-old, and to say that I understood the language, I did not, but I understood the fun that was yeah. being had on stage, and I could follow the story. Um, anyway, that introduction to Front Street Theater all those years ago is what prompted me to even begin to get up in church and do a devotional, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. You, the public speaking opportunities that you find as a kid and uh, ways to, uh, what I think, led me into leadership.
1: Well, it does. You talk to so many people about uh, all the high schools now, and then that have the um, the awards that they give yeah, out the high yeah. school, the high uh, school musical theater award that they present at the Orpheum Theater. That has exposed so many kids that that you know they weren't part of the band, they weren't football players, right. volleyball players, basketball players, but they loved the theater. And now there is a championship for them, That's and right. they go
4: all the way to That's New right. York, and and. You know where most of them don't make it to Broadway, but a lot of them stay in theater. But the fact is, as business people, they are more equipped yeah. than others yeah. because they, they have a sense of uh, presentation.
1: And the self confidence that yeah. you gain through doing, whether it's just a little bitty, uh, you played the dead man. You got on stage. That takes a lot of guts, <laughs> you know, even if you're a dead man.
4: Yeah, I was in a uh, <laughs> opera once myself. I was a mute. <laughs>
1: I was I was a soldier the Nutcracker. I didn't have a line. Just That's stand right. there and try not to giggle
4: and and pretend that you could dance.
1: Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we we'll talk about a big event tomorrow, which is also groundbreaking, literally. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it has to do with the stars of the and Center for Performing Arts. And we'll talk about that when we come back with Ron Jewell. <music> and welcome back on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. we got Ron Jewell Formerly the uh, director of the Halldren Center for Performing Arts, uh, he's in studio. We're going to talk about a big event they're going to have there to tomorrow. But just wanted to update you on what we do know about the shooting in Collierville earlier this afternoon. Uh, Channel Three uh, and Channel Five are both reporting a healthcare worker who was shot and killed by a patient at Campbell Clinic Orthopedics on Tuesday afternoon. Collierville Police Department has called um, was called the scene just after two p.m. Police say the shooting happened in an examination room. Officers found the suspect on Poplar Avenue near the entrance of the clinic with a gun on his person, which tells us it was a male. Uh, we we're also getting word that the health care worker was a surgeon uh, and, and that it, the shooting took place in an examination room. As uh, just read you on, on the channel 5's uh, so, uh, Facebook page, um, and we have information that he had been shot uh, several times Um in the examination room and died from his injuries. Tragic, tragic, tragic news. And uh, uh, our prayers go out to the family and, and friends of the healthcare worker and uh, to the people that work there at the clinic. That's where I went through my rehab, and there's some wonderful people there. And Nobody should go through that. I don't know what the reasoning for this, but it wasn't a good one. And uh, everybody just hates that it happened. That's what Diane Kimber was saying as she left. She said, I just hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I said, we all do. Uh, we'll keep you posted. But right now we've got uh, Ron uh, Jewel in the house, and uh, tomorrow is a big day for the Howler Center. In fact, you came back from
4: retirement. <laughs> you took a week off. I'm, I'm like an old sock, you know. <laughs> just can't seem to throw it away. Yeah, um, one of my last projects that I uh, – Undertook and believe it or not, with the supply chain problems we had, no, this, yeah. this is a project I started two years ago. And what uh, the idea came from Brett Batterson, our president CEO. I can't take credit for the idea, but I would jumped on it right away when he offered. <laughs> he you said, recognized we, a good I recognized idea, recognized an opportunity. Yeah. That's right. He uh, he said we need to have some stars out in front of the Halloran Center that. Uh, go along with our tradition of having the big brass stars in front of the Orpheum with special recognition for those who play the Orpheum. Well, um, when it came down to it, I have created uh, what were smaller stars. They're not as big as the Orpheum stars because we're the sort of smaller sister venue, the Halloran, but they're certainly in keeping with the same tradition. And so tomorrow we are going to unveil a Plaza that has about 29 brass stars on it with the names engraved of performers who have performed at the Halloran over these first eight years that we've been open. I was gonna eight, say, eight years. It's hard to believe eight it's years. been. It's hard to believe. Well, it is. That sounds like forever. Um, and when you're booking the shows, eight years worth of shows is, it's, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of booking. But uh, in contracting, but I look back over the list, as you said earlier, and it's just hard to believe what we accomplished down there in the eight years. So, this project was really um, uh, an opportunity to say, see what the Halloran has done to this point. Now, a big part of the list are the uh, Memphis based. Musicians As they and should be. I, I hesitate to call them locals. You know, they're not Because many locals, people come to Memphis right, from other
1: right. places and live and work here. That's
4: right. These guys have a very strong uh, presence in Memphis music. Um, and so there will be about 9, 10 uh, of the locals that will actually be included as well. What I love about that, Ron, is the fact that uh,
1: how many times when I moved here, one of the first places I went was uh, Trader Dick's which is now the Mm -hmm. Blue Monkey on Madison, Rick Christian and the White Boy Band were up playing, and he stopped to just cuss everybody out for not supporting Memphis music. I went, hey, we paid to get in to see you. (laughs) yeah, yeah. But it is a struggle to be a musician anywhere in Mm -hmm. Memphis. Uh, uh, But the fact that so many people are and stay here and have made it such a great musical town to have them Honored this way, I think it's fantastic.
4: Well, I appreciate that. One of the things that has always been part of my vision for the Halloran Center and, and certainly was uh, embraced by Brett and the entire Orpheum folk, um, and that was to make the Halloran Center a resource in some way for showcasing Memphis talent. And you've and so certainly done that. With my Memphis songwriter Series mm-hmm. that we've done. With Mark Edgar Stewart, uh, along with, as I mentioned, the symphony, um, and then you you throw in people like Boo Mitchell. Yeah, I was just going to say Boo Mitchell.
1: Yeah, what a great show he, he that was! A,
4: a great retrospective on his uh, dad's music and and the Royal Studios. We've had uh, Wendy Moten, mm-hmm. who just recently skyrocketed again, yeah. uh, launched years ago from Memphis, but um, is it, just doing wonderful stuff in Nashville. She's part of the Grand Ole Opry and plays with Vince Gill on a regular basis. Wow. Sings with Vince on uh, down at 3rd and Lindley. Um, you know, I think it's hard for me to even go back over the eight years and see, but people like J.D. Souther, that might not be a household name, but you know, all you got to do is say the Eagles music, <laughs> you know, and that's J.D. Souther, yeah. and he was on the stage. Jimmy Webb. MacArthur Park, by the time I get to Phoenix, Galveston. Wow. You know, legendary songwriter at the Halloran. Yeah. You know, 360-seat, up close opportunity. Betty LeVette, an aging blues singer, but by God, she's as contemporary as you and I are for sure. Um, So I've just lucked out over the years. Booker T. Jones was the very first uh, band that I booked for the Halloran. And that, to me, was my statement that this is going to be a place for Memphis music to be showcased, and not in a bar as background music, Yeah, but for the artistry that it is.
1: I just remember booking uh, Willie Mitchell into my bar of Sleep Out of downtown. I had uh, Willie, the Green Machine. Uh, just look at all the great Memphis bands that did. Yeah. There were house bands that played in Memphis and people could go see it when they were famous people. And you said they going mean, they're playing here tonight. Yeah. That's
4: right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to look at my list here. I'm not going to do 29 names here. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the, the local, the the Memphis folks, Keith Sykes, Kirk Whalen, Mark Edgar Stewart. Uh, let's see, uh, Robert Moody of the symphony. Um, let's see who else. Susan Marshall and, uh, Reba Russell, Van wow. Duren, uh, These are all icons and stalwarts in Memphis. And, you know, they're not on Beale Street. We got a real
1: hard break to go to. But, Ron, tomorrow the the ceremony starts at what time? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Right
4: out in front of the Howler in New York. Reception for the uh, artist afterwards. Be there. It's going to be
1: a great event, and uh, Ron, we're going to have you calling in from Florida because you, you ain't getting away from Memphis. It's all
4: right, I'll stop in every time <laughs> I come home. <laughs> all right, Ron, you're all right.
1: Thank you.
0: Now back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team Credit Union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell.
1: And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back in uh, George Gully with. Jim Karras Chevrolet <laughs> on Covington Pike is Ooh. in studio. I had the opportunity today because I told George for some time I wanted to go out and drive one of the new. I haven't driven a brand new vehicle. I, I'm trying to think of the last time I drove a brand That's new all right, vehicle.
5: That's Earl. We, we were glad to see you driving up and, and glad I, to let you have a test drive. Well, we, I
1: said I want to drive a, a pickup truck because I've always loved trucks. First vehicle I ever drove was the 1948 Willis. Uh, which is what the Jeeps were oh. in World War II, or actually Willis's. And uh, it was a power wagon down at the ranch. And, wow. And uh got the their big old tires, and uh, I think it was eight, nine, maybe seven, eight, something like that. Dad oh, Willis'? Me, yeah.
5: I, I'm not, and I'm in the business, and I can't <laughs> well, tell Well, they you don't make them anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, I knew they did, uh, but, but
1: uh, And he put me up in his lap, and he, uh, he uh, did the clutch and the gas and the brakes, and I worked the stick shift and the yeah. steering wheel. Yeah. And uh, But I'll tell you, it was like flying in a spaceship today in this new, is it called High Country?
5: Yeah, actually, you know, that's the Chevrolet High Country, which is our top-of-the-line pickup truck that you drove. And it is a spaceship. The electronics on him are just unbelievable, as you witnessed. Yeah, And it's beyond anything that we had even six, seven, eight years ago. People that say, I've got a fairly current vehicle, i say, what year? And, of course, 17 or 18. But this generation of vehicle, uh, the electronics allows, of course, what you saw as far as safety items, Uh, You got the electric shock treatment. What you feel
1: is a a vibration on your left side of your hip if there's something approaching, or you even drive over a a yellow line or a a, 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 you know a white um, line on the highway, you feel a vibration. And then if it's on your right side, you feel it on your right hip. And And if someone came behind you, you feel it as they as they did, yeah. Uh, you felt that kush yeah, uh, buzz. And depending on which way they're coming. And these were cars that were just approaching. They weren't even like almost hitting me. They were just approaching. And uh, you've got cameras all over the place. Up to nine cameras. If you'll go to my Facebook page and look, I put some pictures up. And and there you, you've got this monitor right in the middle of the dashboard. And you can literally call up pictures of the, the back of your truck. If there's a trailer on the back... You can look and see the trailer, and if you want to go past the trailer, you can actually go past the trailer. The trailer disappears, and you see what's right behind you absolutely that you couldn't see because of the trailer with the naked eye.
5: You know, Earl, most of these things that we're discussing in terms of safety elements uh, were as a result of the use of our phones.
1: And do you know today, I just heard this. The iPhone came out just 13 years ago.
5: <laughs> you told me that. I think that's unbelievable. And I, <laughs> and and I was all, thinking... And you're right. And I was the, thinking 15, 20 years. Yeah,
1: because like it's like we've always had them. Sure. But sure. you look at the advancements, and that's where it came from,
5: is, is the cell phones and what they could do. The distractions the phones offer us now, uh, the the manufacturers, I'll say GM, because that's who uh, I sell for, uh, they... they in essence, are making sure you don't use your phone. Yeah. We, we mentioned the fact the phone could be charging while it's on the, da- uh, on the console. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple CarPlay now interfaces, and whether you have Android or Apple, we, we can accommodate both. And so automatic texting, voice-activated texting, Siri will read you the message. You never really have to touch the phone.
1: And what George was talking about is you lift up the glove box in the console in the center, and there's a flat little platform, and you can see the little icons for different phones, and you just set your phone. You don't have to plug your phone into anything. You don't have to tether anymore. You just set it down there, and it starts charging it, but it also can read everything that's coming in on your phone, whether it's a text message or email, and then it tells you, just like George said. And, And then if you want to talk back to it, you just say, send text.
5: That's and, exactly. and you just dictate. or even modify text, yeah, and then listen to what you're going to say and change it completely. So all these things are now available to you. Uh, not only better gas mileage, as we discussed, when you were driving, um, you know it's a they're great products.
1: Well, it's they're phenomenal products. I mean, g- getting behind mm-hmm. the wheel of this truck and we I, just shutting the door. I and mean, as I said, I've not had a new car for many years, uh, mm-hmm. and just. Getting in something that's brand new again, it is thrilling. I mean, that, that's why people love, they talk about the new car smell. It's more than that.
5: I appreciate you accommodating me today. I'm going to tell the people about some deals. Unbeknownst to you, we're going to go deliver the vehicle you drove, as I pointed out to you this afternoon just before 6.
1: I would. I wish I could see the guy's face or the girl's face. I don't know who's getting it. It is a guy. Yeah, well, I would I would love to see the first time he gets in it and cranks it up and drives because he doesn't know anything about it.
5: No, I mean you. I've well, got I enough. shared with you. He, we did it over the telephone, but he came out. He did test drive it.
1: Yeah, but he still didn't know because I mean I sat there and I couldn't get it into gear. You, it's not like any other gear shift knob I've ever had. And, before. and
5: they're doing that to give us more space. And the if you think about all the years we've been driving, people could could move the gear shifts or the passenger. Today, we're going to make you actually have to press a button mm-hmm. to do it consciously. It's a safety precaution. It if is.
1: somebody is it in the is. car uh, trying to uh, take over the, the driving or uh, commandeer your vehicle, it's all designed to that's make right. sure that the driver is the number one person in control, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. Even look at; you have a hologram of the speed that you're going well, that's right. on we the windshield. We didn't
5: touch all that. There's so many features now. I, for 10 minutes, we could tell you about it.
1: And it was like, uh, and George says, I can't see it at all for the passenger seat. Right. So that keeps your mother-in-law from yelling at you, or your wife. Yeah, from going and have really no excuse for going too
5: fast. <laughs> no, because it's going <laughs> to warn you and, and let you know. Excuse
1: me, uh, but the 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 stability of it too. I mean, you get in and start driving. As you pull over, out onto the street and go over, you know, on level ground, it is like one piece of something.
5: And, and to that. The rigid the term rigidity, that's a big word for me. Uh, rigidity of the frame has been enhanced in such a way that these bumps are just yeah. not there. No, you don't and, feel and, it. And, uh, the
1: suspension system. In fact, I was very acutely aware of the, the steering that you just move it a fraction of an inch and you, you start turning. That's right. I remember when steering wheels, there was so much play in it. You could try, turn it 15 degrees and it didn't move the wheels at all.
5: You're so right. Th- those things kind of things uh, magnetic ride control uh air shocks now or the equivalent thereof are there so the performance of these vehicles is absolutely phenomenal
1: because the reason i said i wanted to come take a test drive is because george is around these cars all the time He sell them someone every day mm-hmm. and so you you look at it and you're you're surprised when the new stuff comes out and you see what's changed and what's been improved but you're around it all the time. For somebody like me to come and get in something like that, it, it was really like, uh, remember when they used to bring cars out to the county fairs? That was the big sure. time to show cars.
5: Oh, I've, I've been to many a car show or a fair and presented our products.
1: And and now they come out at different times. There's not really a specific time. And uh, in a minute, we're going to take a break and come back out and talk about just the difficulty in getting cars. you got a bunch oh. of cars in Canada right now that yeah, you can't I even get down here. And uh, But we'll talk about that. Okay, but, great. Uh, I do highly suggest that you do yourself a favor. If you've never, if you haven't been, if it's been years since you test driven a brand new car, go see George and just do it. Because, and we'll talk about some deals right now, because right now with interest rates where they are and the deals that are offering, going out and buying a used uh, truck is going to cost you almost as much as a new truck. And so why not? Go for the new one. That's right, what I'm stick saying. stick around, folks. We'll tell you about the deal. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> and welcome back on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. George Gully with Jim Carish Chevrolet. I'm uh, coming to Pike. Oh, the thanks for one. having me, Earl. Always oh, good. Uh, we spent the morning together, and I was driving a brand-new High Country Chevrolet pickup. Was that at 23 or 24? Well, it was a
5: 23, but we are now receiving 24s.
1: I can't imagine being any better than the twenty three, and uh, ah. but because I was literally uh, as as we started and he was showing me different things about it, and then we start pulling away. I'm just going. I was like a little kid. I mean, <laughs> I, I really was. <laughs> and is that impressive? Yeah. And then driving it around the block and just the way it handles and everything. It's just truly impressive. And we were talking about the fact that the, you'd sold another one that was a, a truck that came come in on on trade, had 10,000 miles on it, yeah. but it was only $15,000 less than it was when it was brand new.
5: It, so the cost... It, yeah, you know, I, I tell people to get in touch with me and we'll try to guide them. Uh, in many instances, you just mentioned, a fairly new late model pickup truck, I'd probably look at new. Yeah. Because there wouldn't be significant savings. Well,
1: even interest rates, you're going to get, uh, in fact. We've got 1.9%. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get that if you're buying a used vehicle. No, you're not. And on top of that, there are also other incentives and uh, that uh, getting brand new. Let,
5: let, let me tell the folks out there. All right. Right now, I just mentioned the 24, 24s are being produced at the factory. So the dealership is now trying to buy as many 24s as we can. So we got to close out these 23s. And uh, I'll be on TV, as you know, with Channel 3 Saturday. Saturday and we'll announce up to $6,000 off on the remaining 23. Wow. So the, we have roughly 50 remaining 2023s, and uh, they'll be gone in several weeks. So the deals that are out there, which are significant, you need to jump on it.
1: Well, and the other thing is uh, that. If you were to go out and, and, and buy a, a used vehicle, as we said, the interest rates are going to be higher. Uh, and Less these, warranty. Less warranty, and these are fully warranted. Uh, you get discounts. You get low interest rates. And, and Treat yourself. Has it been a while since you've had a new car? <laughs> treat yourself.
5: Yeah. It, it, I, it, it, I, I mean, we all go to work every day, and you, you think about how to save and this and that, but, but we're fortunate that many of us, Are in a position to afford them, especially as you put it with the lower interest rates and the terms that we're offering.
1: Well, and I think trucks too. They're so functional that there are people. I see people all the time in uh, coats and ties driving a pickup truck. It's because there is. And I said this today. This is not like driving a truck. It's like driving a luxury car. they're luxury. That's got a bed in the back.
5: That's right. And the the back seat you mentioned had much more leg room, more uh, cab space in the rear than we had. Say. Three years, four years ago.
1: In fact, I look back there, and I could not believe how much. uh you leg cross your legs like yeah. I'm doing now. I mean, it's a limo.
5: And you've even got heated seats and rear air conditioning now. Yeah. So no reason to think you're giving up something by having a truck. Well,
1: you're not giving up anything. In fact, you could say. And, in fact, I saw uh, yesterday, and I told you about it, a high country suburban. Ah. And yeah, it yeah. was all black. And it was coming from behind me, and I looked. All I could see were those half-horseshoe lights, those LED lights. Sure. I know, what is that? And he pulled up in his tinted windows. It was all black. It, it's as gorgeous a car, and it had big uh, off-road tires. Uh, did you tire know
5: that the Suburban was the first SUV produced in the world? I did not know that. Back in 1948.
1: First one. I did see one the other day. and It was a, a, a late 60s, early 70s model, and it's still running. But it was so low to the ground. I could,
5: could look at that!
1: I mean, it was like a, oh, it was like an El Camino, except it was a suburban, and it was yeah. white and red. I mean, you probably still remember what they looked like. I, I'm having to think back, but yeah. I was in high school during those days. Yeah, but it was. Uh, we had a Buick station wagon. I yeah, the, uh, we had the f- we had the Ford station wagon. Yeah, uh, the LTD. No, it was. Uh, I just remember it had a 289 engine in it. And uh, we drove it to Mexico. We lived in Mexico. Then we drove it to Canada. We lived in Canada. I don't know how it's many miles they that thing had on it. That's a long haul. Uh, and it, it served us well. But I was glad Dad bought a Bonneville sedan before I started there dating because I didn't want to take the station
5: wagon. Yeah. <laughs> I, you were a sports, sports <laughs> car of the day.
1: Well, the uh, also, but you all have a full line of other cars. I saw some, oh, sure. some pickup trucks on the lot that are late bottles.
5: SUVs are coming uh, we're starting to see twenty twenty fours of those. Again, folks, we're we're fighting the supply line. So don't when you when you go online or on our website that is, you may not see what you're looking for. You're gonna have to call me. I'm gonna look at the pipeline, give you some guidance and, and we'll help you every way possible.
1: Uh talk about the Canada situation. There there are cars that were manufactured yeah, in
5: Canada. Yeah, this they're having rail issues up there and and some other things going on in the supply chain that are slowing down our product. So, uh, the 2,500s, that's what I was referencing to, uh, the heavy duty pickup trucks. And, um, it's just, it's just stalled out. So, there's not much I can do about it, but I invite you or anyone out there that's looking for a particular type of product. I just mentioned I helped a friend of mine get a truck out of, uh, Houston. Ohio, Houston. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, he was involved in one of the theft, many thefts. And, um uh, uh,
1: which it, is unfortunate and the thing george just told me about that during the break and it was he was at an event at somebody's house uh, right. in a very nice part of memphis they came in uh, it was a gated community but they had the gates open because there were a lot of guests that were coming in that's right and they came in hot wire's car and hot-wired stole it. his car it, one of the ones
5: that you hear about we won't name the manufacturer but not chevrolet
1: no in fact we were talking about that that evidently they just Chevrolet has been very fortunate uh, that they haven't quite figured out the accommodation of, of how to do it. But uh, the new topic anymore is, if we're going to go downtown or something, the new question is, whose car?
5: Oh, my gosh. You know, because nobody wants crazy. to take their car. I mean, I have clients now that tell me they're going to Uber places yeah. so they don't have the opportunity to steal their car.
1: Well, I mean, why Absolutely would you? Crazy. Or break the window out. If you get the window broken out, then you Shortage be-
5: of actually windows to get them replaced
1: you told me you had three corvettes sitting over the last time you yeah. were on that, that they were waiting broken. on windows
5: yeah it, it's it's a travesty
1: i did see uh, over the weekend uh and it was a grand prix race in not a grand prix it was a nascar race in canada and uh-huh. it was all corvettes or most of them were corvettes and i'm sitting there looking at it I go are those stock corvettes
5: oh hey we have Letting you know folks if you're looking for a C eight, now Earl may not know that no. term. That's the newest version of the Corvette, the what we call the mid engine. It's been a year or two to wait to get one. We just traded for two. Oh wow. One with a whopping two thousand miles on it. Wow. The other has uh, a few I say 15, 20 thousand miles.
1: Was what did, did the it an older guy that bought the, 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 the vet and then he figured out he couldn't get in and out of it?
5: probably like me yeah i i sat in it today and so we do have them available so give me a call you maybe you need me. to come out and take that for a test drive that's what we, no they won't let me take it. it's on the showroom <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't I don't think i can test drive i don't think i'd want to i can't test drive did, but, but, but we sit, can always go sit in yeah, it and play yeah. like we're driving well
1: maybe not because let me tell you this i saw a video of this guy about my age he gets in one and it, it somebody's videoing uh-huh. him as he's getting out he literally, he tries to stick his head out. That's not working. And then he tries to get his legs out. That's not working. He finally turns over, and he gets on his hands, and he crawls out of the car, and he's laughing ah. so hard because he's actually having to exactly. crawl out of the car. Exactly. He rolls over on his back, and everybody was laughing. But he said, it is a good car.
5: Thanks for having me, George. Give
1: him a number, George.
5: 901-491-8343. That's myself, folks. You can reach me any time.
1: Call him. He'll make your life better. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place.